The e-commerce field podcast is sponsored by Shopify, the platform I'm currently in the process of migrating to. Why the move away from Magento, which I've used for years? Well, Shopify has an enormous ecosystem of developers and apps, and their template framework is really well architected. Plus, of course, they're a hosted service so I can focus on my business instead of spending hours playing system admin and troubleshooting server problems. So if you're looking for a highly customizable solution you don't need a programmer to manage, check them out at shopify.com. Welcome to the E-Commerce Fuel Podcast, your headquarters for building a six-figure-plus e-commerce business. I'm your host, e-commerce entrepreneur and Jeff Bezos wannabe, Andrew Derry. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the E-Commerce Fuel Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about solo productivity, how to be productive and actually get stuff done while working alone. So many of us, I think, work uh, you know, either remotely or on our own, have remote teams. And uh, sometimes that allure to uh, hop on Facebook to, to you know, do whatever, anything but what you actually need to do is pretty overpowering. So we're going to talk about how to actually uh, overcome that. And today, of course, joining me on the show is a man who, right before this, was telling me he was not very productive. And I know it was an absolute lie because this man gets a ton of stuff done, Mr. Bill D'Alessandro. Welcome, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. I hope you just hope you picked the right guy for this. Yeah. <laughs> Between all the stuff you got going on, I, either either you got a a group of just minions slaving away for you, or you're you're putting more of these tactics into practice than you give yourself credit for. I think it's the maybe, latter. Maybe so, it's both. <laughs> maybe it's both. Before we dive in, though, I want to do a first cell shout out. This one's going out to Fernando Campos from TopWick.com, and. Fernando writes in and says, just wanted to write in about our first sale we launched on September 17th, and we're lucky to get our first non-friend sale three days later. We were the story of the guys and the team that flyered at the Apple iPhone release and then got escorted out by security. Nice. Kind of sounds like the, nice. Dodo, the Dodo case story a little bit. By the way, I should mention that the podcast has been incredibly helpful as a resource for us. Cannot thank you and your guests enough for everything that you guys do. So Fernando, awesome. Congratulations, man. Over at topwick.com. It looks like you guys sell, uh, for those who are listening, they sell a, a curated collection of products in the tech, health, and design field exclusively for members, kind of similar to Huckberry, which is kind of cool. So so best of uh, best of luck going forward and congrats on that first sale. That's really awesome. Very cool. All right, let's go ahead and dive into today's discussion on how to get a ton of stuff done working on your own. So I thought a fun way to kick this off would be to talk about Bill, how you and I are both terribly inefficient and terribly unproductive. Like, what are those things that just suck us in? And before we realize it, it's been like, you know, an hour and a half and our to-do list is definitely not getting done for the day. What, what are those things for you? Uh, for me, you know, this sort of dovetails into the last podcast we did together, uh, other businesses, you know, like sometimes I'll distract myself, be like, Ooh, this is a cool business idea or having more than one business that allows myself when I get bored with one, I distract myself with one of the other ones. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, maybe I'll do some niche research to see if there's what if like I wonder if this would be a good business or or whatever. So that distracts me sometimes. Um, and another thing that just lately has been killing me is I just got an Xbox one and I've been playing the new Madden on it <laughs> way, too, way too much. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember when I was kicking things off, uh, Halo, Halo 2 came out, and I had some good buddy roommates that were really good. And, and I know a lot of people will probably roll their eyes at this, but man, it's that lost. I don't, I don't want to think where the business would be now if, I, if we didn't have that Xbox in the house, you know, how much stuff right. would have gotten done. We should play some Halo. So I love Halo. And the new Halo 5 is coming out in January. So if anybody, if any listeners want to take me on some Halo, I'm totally up for it. Maybe next e-commerce fuel live, we'll have to have like a Halo team night where people can go out and just go crazy on the Halo. As if we weren't nerdy enough already. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't want to alienate half of our audience, e-commerce right. fuel live is turning into a huge land party. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so well, let's go ahead and start diving in here. Some of these tactics and Bill, I'll kind of signpost some of these, but way in here. Cause I know you've got a ton of these as well. One of the things that helps me, number one is write down, like writing down what's important to you and reviewing it regularly to be productive. I think there's something really powerful about, we, we make these goals, we have these priorities and, but seeing them on a weekly basis, reminding yourself of them is really effective for me in staying staying on task and actually getting stuff done. And so I have I have three things I review on a weekly basis. One's a rules to work by list. And like it's kind of the outline for like what I will do during the day, what I won't do. And we'll get into some of those things a little bit later. The second one is quarterly, annual, and five-year goals. It's pretty cool to either sit down and look at your goals for the quarter and say, man, I just hammered that up. That's awesome. It gives you a huge sense of empowerment. And on the flip side, it's also very motivating to say, ooh, man, two months has really flown by and I haven't gotten anything done. I got to get my button gear. And that helps a lot. And then finally, I have a, what's called like a personal mission statement. And these all come, a lot of these come from uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is where I pick these up. It just outlines like what's important to me. What are my priorities? I actually write those down, like one, two, three, four, and five. And it writes like, why am I doing what I'm doing? It gives me a sense of, you know, why do you show up every morning? And that's really helpful too. So those are the things that I do. Do you do anything like that, Bill? Uh, on to a much lesser extent. I mean, it's, I know it would be good to do all those things. And I found at least for me starting from nothing. I mean, there was a point where I, you know, did not bother to set goals. Like I didn't, I like didn't even work like have a to-do list. I kind of just held it all in working memory. And obviously that does not work. And I've had to go away from that. So the thing for me is I, that helps me the most is a daily to-do list. So, and you can do this if you use a Mac, you can just use the Stickies app. It can be as easy as that, right? Like three things you have to get done today. And when I was starting Elements Brands, KP Elements, that was the one thing that I did. I made a list of like, there were like 30 things that if I did all 30 of these things, the business would be launched. And so just like every day I tried to do one of them. And like, even if that is not a lot, even if that one thing is like email the supplier and get a quote, as if you do one of them every day, 30 days later, you'll look back and go, shit, they're all done, you know, and you will yeah. have made actual progress. Even if you just make a defined amount of progress every day, as long as it's a little bit, what you don't want to do is end the day with nothing to have a day go by and, and you didn't move forward at all. Um, so for me, what I do is and I use Trello for it. Now we talked a little bit about it on the last tools podcast. I just have a list of things that I want to do today. And I move, I have everything this, I have two lists in Trello. One, everything needs to get done. And some of these are long-term projects. Some of them are, you know, just emails I have to send. Some of them are things I got to look into. And then I just pick like two or three every day and I move them over to the today list. And then I have to I make myself get through the today list before I go back to that deeper, longer to-do list. 
And I don't fault my, like if all I get through is the today list every day and I don't get anything done on the bigger, longer list, that's fine because I knew that those things came off the bigger, longer list. Yeah. I do something similar with the kind of planning out the day. I use Asana, as I've talked about before, for most of my task management uh, and for like long, you know, project management and long-term goals and, and really everything gets dumped into there. But for whatever reason, you mentioned using uh, stickies on the Mac. My to-do list every day is created just on like a basic Word document. It's super simple. It's super basic. And for some reason, it's just really nice having it there. It's really easy to rearrange. I can reprioritize things. And I always, I don't know about you, but I always, not perfect, but I'd say 80% of the time, I write my to-do list the night before because there's something really nice. You come in in the morning and if you don't have a to-do list, you can kind of shoot off on any different direction, but there's something really nice about the second you come in, you open up that, you know, I call it my to-do, my daily to-do and you just, bam, you look at number one and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to expend any mental energy right in the morning, figuring out what your priorities are because you just follow this, this map that you've created for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that also prevents you from, it's very easy to come in the morning, sit down and look at your email. And as soon as you do that, if that's the first thing you've done, other people have dictated your to-do list. Then you set off on whatever direction your inbox dictates you set off on. And you haven't been purposeful in what you're going to do today. Yeah. How do you do that? Like, let's, let's kind of jump ahead a little bit to email, but how do you, cause email is one of those things where we could probably do an entire four episode series on just email. It's one of those things where you need to be able to get back to people quickly that, you know, are in your team or that are really important people for getting things done, but you also don't want to let it just completely derail you, like you mentioned. So what's your process for for managing email and being able to balance those? I have been purposefully getting better at this recently because I've been drowning in email. Uh, I actually just wrote a post on my blog at rebelceo.com about how to deal with too much email. So if people want to go read that, it'll be more in depth than what I talk about here. And this is one that's sort of counterintuitive. So I'd be interested to see what you think about this, Andrew, is lately I have tried to push as much to the phone as possible. Basically, if someone wants to talk about something and I know it's going to be like, if I'm going to have to write an email that's more than a paragraph, or I know we're going to trade a couple of emails and they're going to be writing more than a paragraph, I just reply, with one sentence that says, call me so we can talk about this. Or I just pick up the phone and talk about it with them. It saves so much email because it's, I mean, you can have a conversation, a five minute conversation with a person and that could eliminate 10 paragraphs of email uh, and save you so much time. So instead of, I think everybody in this world is like, I don't want to have any human interaction. I want it all to be an email. So I, you know, so I get back to them when it's convenient for me to get back to them, et cetera. But I think if you go the other way, and I also mentioned the tools podcast, I just got a desk phone. So it's like not my cell phone. So I can just like reach for the receiver and Mm -hmm. I just grab it and I just pick up the phone and I, it makes a, it makes people uh, reconsider whether they really need to talk to you because they're like, oh shit, he's going to call me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, but it, it just lets you knock off. So it's so talking is faster than typing. So I'm trying to push more to the phone if possible. Does that work for you? Yeah, it, it does. With one caveat, I think it, it works really well for key team members. So like, like the designer I've been working on with the, uh, with the redesign, super helpful. Yeah. We've been talking on the phone a ton. Key team members. Yes. For people that aren't necessarily on the, on my team so much, and maybe they have other schedules going on or their availability is a little more spotty. Uh, that works less well for me because I feel like a lot of times you end up trying to, you know, playing phone tag. And then at the, it ultimately at the end, it's, um, it depends on the complexity of the issue too. Right. So, but sure. yeah, I'd say for internal team, it definitely helps. 
Yeah. And that's mostly what I'm talking about. If it's someone that, you know, you can pick up the foot without scheduling all the time, if you just pick up the phone and call them, or if you find yourself, you know, when you end up having like a real time email conversation with someone, like it's come, like it's, <laughs> it's a chat message. message, like it's a chat message on email. Like that's when you should think I should be using the telephone. That's like a perfect opportunity. Cause you know, they're right there, you know, like pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> if Gmail is turning into Skype, you know that you're doing email wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've been going through kind of my process is I've set up and I think you're the same way, Bill. In Gmail, I honestly on that left hand column, oh, I've got to have 50, 60 plus filters and, and rule like folders where I've gotten to the point where there's uh, automatic rule, automatic rules that will filter out all the stuff that's not actionable. So maybe it's email alerts for paying a credit card, or maybe it's a supplier invoice and it gets routed to those folders so I can find them easily. But the only things that hit my inbox are like real emails from real people that are going to be much more likely to be action oriented. And so I'll go through and I scan my inbox. Uh, maybe, you know, actually I'm not, per- I mean, I'll probably check it maybe, you know, half a dozen times per day. But what I'll do is I will only pull in the emails that I need to like my main action inbox that require a fast reply. And then the other ones, I'll usually, I'll kind of scan them, make sure they're not urgent. And I'll usually sit down maybe once every two to three days and go through a bunch of them. So, uh, and really hammer those out. So that's, you know, and then in terms of my team, like I use Asana. And so I, first thing before I even go into email in the mornings, I'll check Asana to make sure there aren't any, anything my team needs to be able to do their job and move forward. And it's nice because no one else, I'm not getting emails that are going to distract me from, you know, from, from other stores that are trying to sell me stuff or from people who are asking for advice on something that's going to pull. I'm not that that's bad, but when you're trying to, in the early morning time, trying to focus on stuff, Asana is like my priority inbox for my team. So that's, that's kind of the approach that I take for email. That's nice. You know, you touched on something that I think uh, I'm going to try to draw out of what you just said is that you try to find the emails that require a, or can be responded to very quickly and briefly. And I think what that touches on is one of the things that makes email take so much time is that you get a lot of email. Mm-hmm. Another thing that makes email take so much time is there's this social expectation embedded in email. Like I know that, you know, when you go through your inbox, you're like, oh, this email, this requires like a more thoughtful, longer response. And it could be because it requires more, like you just put more brain into it, but it also could be like, this is a person that, you know, I want to be more respectful to, or to write longer, more formal sentences to, or whatever. And like, those are the emails that you don't respond to on your mobile. Like those are the ones you save for your desk. So I think there's as much managing the social part of email that makes that at least cost me time where I have to like defer it and then like write a longer email. So what I've, there's two things that I try to do to manage the social part of email to help get email off my plate. Uh, And one is on your cell phone and maybe even on your desktop, if you feel like being diabolical, add the sent from my mobile signature, just type in your signature sent from my mobile phone. Please excuse my brevity. People, if you're listening, you've gotten emails from me that say that at the bottom, they probably came from my mobile or I was especially busy on my desktop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that lets you dash off a one sentence response and it kind of gives you this excuse that, you know, I was on the run, but I want to get back to you. That's, you know? in, that's, that's, man, that's, that is devious. You're crazy, man. Okay. So all that's, that's, I know how, uh, how to gauge the, how important you think I am when I get emails from you now. So I don't, I do that. I don't do that all the time on the desktop. Only if I'm like having a really wild week and I just need to like dash off like a hundred emails, I just put it in there and I'm like, bang, bang, bang. But for mobile, like that allows you to whip out your phone write a two sentence response and have the other person not get offended that you wrote a really brief response because it was from your phone. No, I, and I'm just, I'm just teasing you, Bill, but I think it is interesting (laughs) because there is this, 
there's there's kind of the social construct of people expecting replies to emails, and it's difficult because like if you're in person with somebody and you agree to you know agree to meet with someone or connect with them, yeah, you should be giving them your full attention. You should you know be engaging with them, but this email where email scales infinitely and people's attention don't scale infinitely. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that I think you have to do as you grow a business and start needing to focus more to, to hit certain goals and certain mile marks is you have to be, start to get really good at ignoring things and feel comfortable doing that. You know, and I think that's really hard for me. It was really hard for a while to do that. But I think if you, if you can't feel good about ignoring some select things, uh, you're just going to be a slave to everyone else. Right. Yeah. You have to. And then the other thing I do, kind of the social hack that I do, is use your out-of-office reply. Uh, if I'm ever on vacation, I'm always doing an out-of-office reply. And then I also turn it on on weekends. So like, even if you're going to respond anyway, turn on that out-of-office reply because it sets an expectation uh, that you can later exceed if you want, you know, by replying, oh, that he replied to me while he was out of the office or, you know, I wasn't expecting a reply, but I got one. But it immediately responds to that person and goes, hey, I'm out of the office. I got your email. So it puts them so they go, oh, I'm not going to hear back from him in an hour. And you'll also find that I found, especially with team members, people kind of start to solve their own problems because they go, oh, crap, I'm not Bill's not going to solve this for me, you know, over email like he's gone and I need to fix this. And they'll just kind of go ahead, which is good. So you can use your out of office reply and nobody uses the out of office reply except like when they go on extended sabbatical or something, but make, I make heavier use of the out of office reply. That's interesting. I don't use it. I may have to start using it for that. Those are good points. Number two, put a chokehold on your notifications slash distractions. I mean, we alluded to this at the top, Bill, how a lot of times when you find out you're doing something else and you have no idea how, you can trace it back to some weird distraction that that popped up. So I'd be interested, how do you you limit your distractions, uh, both digital and also with people, so that you don't let, you know, either people drop in and and really atom bomb your week for for what they're doing, either on the phone or in person, uh, and also digitally, what are you doing for that? I'm so bad at this. So I'm like really bad at getting distracted. I can't bring myself. I know you do that. Do not disturb mode on your email. And I just can't do that. Like I, it's like, I'm, it's like crack. I'm like addicted to it. I can't, I can't sort of like, if you email me or tweet me, I saw it within the first five minutes of you sending it to me does not mean I'm going to get back to you, but I saw it. Like I saw, I got the beep always, which is, you know, maybe not good to be saying that, but (laughs) I did. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And I, maybe I'm a little bit more obsessive about this for better or for worse, but like some things I'll do is, is phone calls. I'll try to, and this isn't perfect. We're like, like today, for example, this isn't, we're not recording this on a Friday, but I'll try to record most of my phone calls on Friday, unless there's a, a really important reason I, I need to otherwise for like when I structure my weeks for lunch meetings, like I do basketball, I try to do basketball Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like in the afternoon, it's three o'clock. And so I know that if I have a lunch at noon and then I have basketball at three, I'll have a really like a period of an hour where I can barely get into the flow of something and then I'll, I'll be taken off for basketball. So I try to do lunch, you know, I try to schedule lunch meetings just on Tuesday and Thursday when I'm going to, it's a, you know, it's a good, I, I try to schedule at least one break per day and balance that so that I, you know, can have good chunks of time throughout the week. So I try to block. That's, do you do that at good. all? No, that happens to me all the time where you lose an hour, like in between two things yes. because they're not back to back and oh. it, that hour's just gone. That's, that's the worst. I, yeah, I really, I mean, it's just cause it's to do anything well, like you gotta, there's a scale up. It takes you 15 minutes to get into the zone of anything, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. so that, that's helped out a lot. 
On the digital side, like uh, there's an extension. I think we chatted about this maybe in our tools episode, but Chrome Nanny is a great tool to let me, if I get to a spot and I'm, it's a difficult or I don't want to reply to an email and my, my fingers, you know, just, you know, automatically open up a new browser and start typing in Facebook, it'll, it'll come up and say, you know, Hey, you need to be working. It will block that site, which is really nice. A lot of times I'll turn my phone off if I'm really cranking on something or do, do not disturb or just ignore phone calls. There's like, there's four people that I'll take phone calls from during the week, uh, during the day, if I'm trying to crank on something, everyone else goes to voicemail. And then finally, this one's kind of funny. My office, like I have an office and people are always like, Hey, there's no, like, there's no sign on your office door. And like downstairs, there's like no office number that says e-commerce fuel slash Andrew is in this office space. I'm like, I know it's by design. It's wonderful. Nobody (laughs) knows where I work unless, unless they're really good friends. It's like a secret office. It is. I've thought about having some really funny names like, you know, toenail growers of America or something and putting it on the door just to, just to freak (laughs) people out. But yeah. Number three, replace your least productive time with something else. Bill, I'll be interested to hear about you, how you approach this. I used to be like coming from the IB world, the investment banking world, kind of of the lunch breaks are for wimps mindset, you know? And, but recently, like I've kind of found that I'm a lot more productive if I do take breaks, if I do have exercise at some point in the day, if I have a chance to like get outside, grab lunch, meet up with somebody, it recharges me a little bit and really starting to get to the point where I realize that, Hey, from like three to five in the afternoon, I am really ineffective at work. And so I'm trying to do other things during that time period. Have you adopted that mindset at all? Recently? Yes. So, uh, and this is another plug. You should have Zach Cantor from ProForge on the podcast because he's so good at this. So he's a good friend of mine, uh, runs an e-commerce business and he, we actually live in the same building. So he pops down and, you know, we say hi to each other frequently. And he says, one of the things he always says is when he finds himself, when you find yourself kind of taking checked out, but you're still at the computer, like if you just find yourself browsing through Dig or Reddit or something, and you're kind of, you realize you've been clicking around for 15 minutes and you're like, what did I do for the last 15 minutes? You know, you're kind of brain dead. What that is, is that's your brain telling you it wants a break. And if your brain tells you you want a break and you kind of take that break by clicking around Reddit or whatever, and you stare at the screen and still sit at your desk, at the end of that break, you feel like you haven't had a break and you need another one because somehow like your brain spaced, but for some reason you don't feel like you've actually taken a break. So I'm trying to be much more cognizant these days of when I find my brain taking a break on its own to listen to that and to get up from my chair and go do something else. And that something else could be as simple as go out of my patio and lay in the hammock and read a book. Or it could be go out and get lunch, or it could be, you know, call a friend or something that is non keyboard and mouse work. Because then when you're done with that, you go, I just read a book for half an hour. Like I had a break or I just played Halo for half an hour or an hour. I just had a break. And then you can come back and feel like you had a break and you can work again. Do you have that? Does it happen to you? Like for me, that happens consistently. Like 233, I can feel it coming every day. Does that happen to you or is it sporadic? No, it's more sporadic for me. Uh, And I think this is also true of all entrepreneurs. Like once you become a full-time kind of self-employed entrepreneur, this concept of work life goes out the window. So like I'm working and lifing all day, every day, you know, it's all intermixed. So like I'll have you know, I'll be working at night. And so this mind frame that we're talking about doesn't, for me, it doesn't just happen between nine to five. Like it's kind of all flows and I can't really put a finger on it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
One thing that's helped me a lot is making hard commitments to other people. And I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's one thing to write a goal down, right? And say, hey, I want to do X by, you know, by December 1st. It's another thing to commit to somebody else. Because if you commit to somebody else, especially someone you respect and don't want to let down, you get it done. If you have any kind of self-respect, you get it done, right? And mm-hmm. that's been one way where there's things that's just so helpful for me is if I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough. I'm like, can I make time? Like a lot's going on. It forces you to prioritize because other people are depending on you. Yep, definitely. I, I should do a better job of that. It's hard to do that because I don't report to anyone. You know, so it's like you don't have a boss. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, but you can still do it with with people that you are collaborating with, uh, people like you know, business partners or people that you're going to get back to for suppliers. Or for me, like uh, it just it doesn't have to be a boss. It can be just anybody that you respect or that uh, you don't want to let down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Bill, but do you have a do you listen to a lot of podcasts or audiobooks? Uh, not a ton. I am a, uh, a music guy. I listen to a lot of music. Really? Okay. So this is, so I'll be preaching to the choir here. I tend to be plugged into like audiobooks or podcasts all the time. And sometimes I'll be sitting there listening to something, going to work, listening to something. And I'll realize I haven't listened to music in like two weeks. In the outline here, I, I, uh, I titled this point, get pumped with some Rocky music because every now and then I'll get on and I'll put on like a really good, awesome playlist with some great music and I'll listen to it when I'm driving to my office in the morning and I'll get into the office and man, I will be fired up and ready to go and full of energy because I just listened to three or four of my favorite songs. And I don't know if this plagues other people, but stop listening to us occasionally. If you haven't listened to some good music, turn us off right now <laughs> and put on your favorite playlist because it's, it's amazing how motivating music can be if you're not listening to it regularly. Yep. I love music. It's, uh, I'm the guy that's jamming out in my car at the stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> Going crazy, making people look at you awkwardly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> nice. And then finally, I, one thing that, that helps me a lot is create a working oasis for yourself and make that your primary base. And this will be interesting, Bill, because I know you, like, you know, you said you're working really 24 seven in your mind and, and I do that too, but, uh, getting a new, an office away from the home has really helped me. Like when I come into the office, I, I feel like, Hey, I've only got, seven hours here before I take off for, for the day. I need, I got to crank through some stuff. And so that's, that's super helpful for me to have a, a dedicated working oasis space where I can really, really crank without distractions. Like people that work from coffee shops on it, like every now and then I'll take off. And if I need a break and want to read some email or read a couple articles, coffee shops are great. But for me, like I can't work with, uh, I couldn't, I could never build a business from a coffee shop. And even, I don't know, I get really distracted easily. And so even working in, a, in like an open area with a bunch of other people would be a nightmare for me. So I don't know if that's, do you, do you feel me on that? Or is that different for you? Dude, totally. I don't know where this archetype of entrepreneur in a coffee shop came from. Cause I don't get shit done in a coffee shop. I can't do it. I mean, like people are walking by, like you're just kind of like people say hi to you, like it's just kind of loud. And then if you, in order to drown it out, you got to like put on headphones with music, which in itself can maybe be distracting. And plus you're on a laptop screen, you're like hunched over, you're probably sitting on a couch. (laughs) Like if you didn't get a table, like coffee shops are super unproductive for me. I've tried it and I just have never gotten anything done in a coffee shop. So like I have, I have a home office where we're recording this right now. And my home office is great. It's kind of a little separate area in my house. You know, I definitely occasionally answer some personal email and stuff from there. But uh, for the most part, it's just work in the office part of my house. But more and more, I'm starting to go a little stir crazy in my house because, you know, 
you know, I just live in my own apartment. So I can wake up, walk, you know, do the famous 10 second commute over to my desk, work all day and like 10 second commute back home to my bed and then go to sleep. And I could be like, wow, I haven't seen a human for like two days. And, you know, and the home office can get a little, make me go a little stir crazy. So I've been getting out more and more. There's a co-working space here in Boulder. Some friends of mine work at, so they let me use a desk over there. So I've been going more and more just to get out to a place where it's a desk. It's clean. Like there's not, my desk looks like an office depot exploded <laughs> at my house. Uh, you know, like it's a clean desk, like a big monitor, like and you can just sit there and, and work and think about work. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some cognitive benefit to that. You talk about having a, a clean workspace and I, I don't say I've, I don't have an a, amazing track record of being crazy organized and crazy clean. But one thing when, when I did move into an office is I've done a really good job, I think, of, of keeping it clutter free. And that helps so much. Like every day at the end of the day, I'll just clean off my desk and all I've got on it is keyboard and mouse and, and my laptop and then a couple monitors. And maybe it's just me, but coming in and having no clutter, having a clean workspace to start the day is so nice. It helps me. It really helps me focus. Oh yeah. I would love it if I had that. <laughs> I, dude, I just can't do it. I have even got so far. I have hired a personal organizer to come in here and like try to fix up my workspace. And like she did, she like, I just have this distinct memory. She looks at me, she wags her finger and goes, you're a piler, not a filer. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Uh, but it was great for like a couple of weeks and now it's just a disaster again. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Bill. Well, Hey, thanks so much for, I mean, taking a huge chunk out of your day, killing your productivity today to, to come on the podcast and talk stuff, but it's been fun. And, uh, thanks so much for, for weighing in. Glad to do it, man. This is great. That's going to do it for this week. But if you're interested in launching your own e-commerce store, download my free 55 page ebook on niche selection and getting started. And if you're a bit more experienced, look into the e-commerce fuel private forum. It's a vetted community for store owners with at least 4,000 in monthly sales or industry professionals with at least a year or more experience in the e-commerce space. You can learn more about both the ebook and the form at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.